Welcome back to One More and We All Go. I'm Frank. I'm Brad. And I'm John Reed. Nice to see you, John. How are you doing today? I'm good. Well, outstanding. Outstanding. So, Frank, should we do a little back history on John here? Let's start at the beginning. John, you grew up in our local area, same area as Frank and I here. Right now, you're, what, 39 years old, 38? 39. And you currently reside as a fire captain, correct? Yep. In uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. Yes, sir. Spoiler. Come on. I thought we were waiting on that. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Dink. Let's let's be honest. Kind of cool. It's a very cool job. It is a cool job. (laughs) My son loves it. I mean, nobody else does, but he does. Right, right. right. He thinks you're famous. That's right, cool. Right, Got him fooled. That's right. How long you been in the fire business? I've uh, been doing that since the uh, end of 2008, so 14 years. That's a lot of that's a lot of rescue calls. It is. It is. Uh, most people, as they go on in their career, they work towards slower stations. I move toward the busier stations. Try so. to get more action in. Yep, yep. I move myself uh, to a position downtown. Right next to the college where all the action's at. Oh, nice. That'd be a, a lot of fun. There would be a lot, lot of good fun. stories. Good out guys. Of it. Yep. So, if Memorial Stadium catches on fire, do you take your time to get there? I am a Hawkeye fan. <laughs> so, you know, you read between the lines. Well, he's got to get from the fire back to the station to get the truck. See, and that, then go put it out. That's why I had to switch from the engine company to the truck company because we do rescues. Yep. And I just couldn't bear myself if I had to spray water and pouts. <laughs> I'll go in and look for the good guys. Yeah. Yeah, you wait here. I'll be back. Come That's here. right. <laughs> but you're right. I think we did jump ahead, Frank. We've got to start back to beginning your childhood memories. Um, so you're 39. So where did you start out? Where did you go to school? I know most of the story, but have you lived here in Oakland your whole life? Um, well, for the most yep, part? going way, way back. Uh, very beginning. Mom and dad, they got divorced when I was way too young to ever remember anything. Raised by my, my dad, Phil Reed. Great guy. Uh, we lived right next door to my grandma, Shirley, who ran the grocery store. You know, shortly before we went into school, Dad got remarried, uh, which brought in my stepsister Jessica, stepbrother Jeremy, and stepbrother Ben. And yeah, lived in Oakland up until about second grade. Uh, at that point, then I moved out to the farm with my grandparents for a few years. Yep. Yep. Good fellow. Used to work with him way back. In- yeah. In the 90s. He's a hard worker. Oh, yeah. Still is. That, that crazy boy still walks up and down the hill every day carrying buckets of feed. I'm like, you know, Grandpa, you drive the tractor to the feed house and then carry buckets up to the top of the hill. Why don't you move the feed house to the top of the hill? Well, that ain't how we do it. Okay, Grandpa, I get it. I get it. Get I get it. it. You like pain. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it takes an hour to move that shed. Right. <laughs> I can do it. We got we got a loader. <laughs> So, so uh, growing up, do you have a little posse of buddies they used to hang out with and get into trouble and shoot out windows and things of that nature? Um, well, I don't really remember many of the kids growing up. I do remember old Jordan Pierce. Oh yeah, we'd uh, I'd ride my bike down the hill to his house and we'd set up all sorts of crazy. We thought we were super awesome. We'd set our bikes up and roll out the garage door like we were doing something cool and make jumps and oh yeah, crazy Frank and stuff. I did that last week. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. yeah. That's how yeah. I hurt my hip. Yeah, yep. I mean. I think I've been part of some of your craziness. Sometimes yeah. the lights turn sideways, don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rescue needed. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, up and, until I moved out, I mean, I had a couple guys around growing up in town, but then I moved out to the country, and Grandpa put me to work. So Right on. Uh, the Vorthman family was close, and the Mass family was close. Other than that, just in school. Yep. yep. Trying to remember sporting-wise, what did you do in, in high school? Uh, high school, you know, I attempted football. I was a 103-pound guy, so I wasn't that good. You had to uh, be fast, though. 
speed don't offset 103 pounds. I remember, <laughs> I remember a boy that you had on here not that long ago laying me out a few times and then laughing about it. Yeah, there were some hard hitters <laughs> in that class. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Played a little bit of football. Wasn't great. My main sport in high school, wrestling. Went to state one time. Had some really good competition. Actually ended up doing that a little bit in college at Simpson College. Wrestled there. Oh, wow. Yep. I See, I didn't know you went to Simpson. Went to Simpson for three years. Got deployed. Uh, when I came back, I was like, yeah, not for me. Didn't finish it up. Hated, hated college chicks. And, well, all my friends were gone and just, you know, was like, <laughs> okay, I got to figure out something to do with my life. And that's when I started pursuing the EMT paramedic thing. And So you, you name dropped there a little bit. You got deployed. So you were in service. What? To give us a little bit of service background here, what, oh, what well, you did there. That same kid, Jordan Pierce, he, uh, he wanted to join the National Guard, and I was like, well, I ain't doing nothing, so sounds good. He ended up having something happen medically or something. He ended up not going, but I went to the National Guard. I was an infantry guy, did that for a few years, and then we got deployed to Afghanistan in 2004. How uh, much time did you spend over there? Uh, that tour was right at a year uh, in southern Afghanistan. So is that... The year, the whole time, no breaks at home. Um, or? I got a, I got a two week R and R. Uh, funny story about that. I came back, they threw me a party, broke my ankle. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, while I was over there, was like, "Oh, you're gonna go home and break your leg and not be able to come back." Ha <laughs> ha. I'm like, "Oh yeah." Well, then it happened. <laughs> but, but then you know, how many cranks of the vice did it? Take? I was gonna say that. <laughs> right, right. Well, I was wrestling in my the wrestling. I was gonna room. say it was in the shed, wasn't it? Right, it was in the, the shed. Yep. Well, uh, I ended up getting a cast, and I. I knew they wouldn't let me go back if I told them what happened. So I just took my crutches and worked my way until I got to Afghanistan. Mm. Uh, my unit shows up, and they're like, uh, how are you supposed to operate with that? Well, I, I told my platoon sergeant, I guess I'll fight in place. And he's like, fair enough, get in the truck. So they let me go. <laughs> did, uh, did you tell them it happened right when you got off the plane so it was a government benefit? Well, yeah, you know, got to. Gotta <laughs> Don't worry, nobody's listening about insurance right, on this. Do I need it's to fine. move the desk back? Because obviously you've got giant balls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> about that. You, you graduated in 01, right? Uh, 02. 02. Yep. So 9-11 already happened. We were already in a conflict, and then you joined the National well, Guard. Well, actually, I That's joined. True. I hadn't thought of that. I actually joined in my junior year. I, they did that split yeah. option thing. And I had done basic training. I hadn't gone to my infantry school yet when 9-11 happened. So I'm like, well, this was a bad choice. <laughs> right. Hey, I'm going to get some free college, maybe do some cool stuff. And then, oh, wow, this Son is happening. Boy. So Can yep. I be a nurse instead? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, and they're like, oh, by the way, you signed this contract. So, yeah, yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, so what's the day-to-day activities over there? I mean, say you're over there for a year and you're at three months in, what are you doing daily? It's six months in. And I mean, what's difference how things progress as you're there well i went twice in both the different ranks so the first time i went i was just a specialist you know basically lower enlisted a gopher do whatever kind of guy i mean you just so you stay uh, on base you're not out yeah, well getting I, information or watching no, anybody or anything no like that, no or? uh we we were an infantry unit our our main mission in oh four was well i ain't gonna do that because there's guys that listen that were with me you know <laughs> can't lie about it uh but in 04, our, our main mission was security for uh, civil affairs unit. Their their job was to go out and try to, you know, win the hearts and minds, building schools and everything else. So we were their, their security. Most of the time, we'd just go out in gun trucks. I'd be behind a 50 cal or something and sitting there staring into the desert for hours, and then I'd go back. Just watch for any... Yeah, 
whatever, yeah, whatever's going on. All right. You know, the, the few times that tour that we got into it, normally it was one of the active duty units had gotten into a fight and we were close. It's like, Hey, let's get in on this. You know, we'd go and try and help them out. Yeah. Then the second tour. So, I mean, first one, I, I did what I was told. I got behind the truck and I stared in the direction I was told. Second tour, I was a squad leader. And, uh, by this point it was 2010. Uh, at this point, we had progressed a little bit more as far as initially in the war, they National Guard was kind of like, okay, you can do this, but you're kind of off to the side. Now we've got wars going on all over the place. We need bodies. Now National Guard is battle space owners. You know, we're actually doing the whole nine yards. So we were out doing patrols, looking for bad guys, getting intel from civilians, whoever would give it to us, and we did patrols, and that was our whole job, look right. for bad dudes, which you find in some? turn... In turn, brought a lot more conflict. Yeah. You know, I think our last... Yeah, you looked for bad guys and you found them. Yeah, I think our, our 10-11 tour, which good buddy of ours, Brad Jefferson, yep. was with us. I think we averaged a gunfight once every three days for a year, so... That's a lot. We found them. We found them. But we did good. We brought all of our guys home in one piece. Thankfully. Maybe not mentally, well, but, you, you know, physically. Yep. Right. That's yeah. got to be the hell part of it is the, the mental. Oh, well... Because they train you physically. Right, you know. There, there's a reason why I don't drink the, the yep. liquor anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, I well, I guess we we're going to bring that up. You did start drinking, but you didn't like the way it made you feel. I mean, would you think it was some of the military stuff that well, got, got you into drinking or just people you're hanging around well, with? Well, you know, I mean, let's not kid. We like to drink. We're yeah, from here. So I good. always drank. Uh, but after my second tour and everything else, it, it just got to a point where every time I'd tip up a bottle or a beer, it was foot to the floor all the way, passed out. You know, picking fights, getting in fights, yep. making bad choices, not being a good human. And after a while of that, it was like, I gotta, I'm a dad. I gotta, I gotta change something. Well, kudos to you for making you know, that call. Nine and a half years now, I'm at a drop. I'm drinking my Budweiser Zero because you gotta have one. Oh yeah, here. yeah, yeah, and it's delicious, by the way. It is. Yep. And a lot of it, I think, had to do with my military service. It, my I kind of had a hair trigger after that. Oh, yeah. So. I can imagine being on edge after getting shot at every three days. Yeah, you know, it happens. Again. We all got to make life back. choices and move on, right? That's right. Yep. That's right. No sense in wallowing. Right. So you, you moved on from the service. Uh, you came back. Uh, you have a daughter that's, what, 14? She's 13 now. 13. Oh, no, wait. Yeah, she's 13. I had to make sure I had my math right. <laughs> 13. 13. And then uh, she's going to school here at Riverside, yep. right? Yep, yep. She's going to Riverside. She's... uh. Currently in volleyball. She loves track. She likes basketball. So, and then you got remarried after the baby mama. Yep. And then uh, you've got two kids with her? One nope, kid. just one kid. We got Jacob. He's five, okay. uh, doing the wrestling thing, doing the flag football thing. And then she didn't bring any kids into the marriage, right? Nope. Nope. Uh, I'm the only one that has that baggage. So right. God <laughs> bless her heart. Right. Bless her heart. Yeah, she's a caregiver. Oh, she is. <laughs> yes, yeah, she is. Yeah, she's a hell of a lot tougher than I am. Huh? She likes <laughs> broken things. I know, yeah. and there's plenty of it here. She has plenty of glue, I guess. So, yep. No, we got we got a 13 year old and we got a five year old. They're both doing great. So you were out of the service by the time you met her, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, I'd gotten out of the National Guard. I was working for the fire department, and we met. In did, Omaha. You, did you swoop her up on a rescue call and carry her to safety out of a fire? You know, I wish I could have a really cool story. But <laughs> she you saw know, your picture in the calendar. Oh yeah, she was a drunken shorty going well, into the, the reality of it is, is we were we were 
we met at the same restaurant, and I, I think I was looking a little pathetic because she was eating lunch. She's like, well, you can sit here if you want, and then, then I swooped in. And was she by herself? Laid. Yeah. Well, then why wasn't she looking pathetic, Well, too? it was lunch. Oh, it was lunch. Okay. She was just on a lunch break, so. Oh, I hate eating I lunch swooped break. in, and I laid on the, the southwest side with Charmin. Oh, yeah. Did you buy her lunch or did you make her buy yours? I, of course, paid. All right. Had to. Had to set the standard right. Be expensive to Lincoln. Yeah, I wish. I wish I, could card. I wish I had a company card. I need to talk to my dad about it. You can write that stuff off. It's like right, farming. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So that was 2012? Uh, twenty Late 2013. I'm, I'm guessing here. Okay. Late 2013 when I met. Okay. I'm wife. really good at guessing ballpark, but I'm terrible yeah. at math. Yeah, it's close. You were, you were there. Yeah. Were there. I was in the wheelhouse. Right. So, but uh, what what she do, if you don't mind asking? Um, talking. Well, when we first met, she was... A stripper. Uh, I wish. She's good at it. I mean, I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. She knows. Anyway, no, uh, she was a retail manager at Maurice's. And then okay. after we got together, she became the general manager at Old Navy. After that, she got sick of dealing with young kids as employees. So right. she went on and became a manager at a dental office oh, up nice. until we moved here. It's, is she liking living out in Oakland? Where's she from, I guess? I don't uh, know. She's from uh, Laurel, Nebraska. You guys might have heard about that in the news not that long ago, where there was those like three murders and houses set on fire. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, but wasn't any of her family, was it? No, it wasn't any of her family. But she was up there when it happened, and I was oh, on no my kid. way there. My my son, we take him up there for vacation Bible school every year, and it was supposed to be the end of his vacation Bible school program that day. That's a little scary. Yeah, well, I'm pulling into town. She's calling me. Hey. This is going on. My brother-in-law's calling me. Hey, do you got a gun? Yeah, I'm always strapped. Why? What's up? <laughs> you know? So. Good grief. Yeah. But nope, none of her family. She knows those guys, though. So sad deal, but. That's a terrible deal. I hate to hear that from Luckily, it wasn't her family. Yeah. I hate to hear that in any town, especially yeah. these little small towns, so we don't right. have many to spare. They, right. they caught the guy, right? Yeah, they caught him. I guess that kind of leads us up to, you know, current day, which I'm calling the last 10 years. Uh, okay. So you've been fired. So you're on a rescue unit now. Uh, ladder truck company, yep. Ladder truck, okay. Yep. So before that, you you were on a squad, or uh, what did well, you do before that? How, start out your fire career. Since well, my fire career, through. you know, it kind of all starts. Everybody, they, they go to an engine company, and every other day they rotate onto the ambulance. And uh, engine companies, their primary job is grab this hose, go in, spray water on fire. <laughs> Good job. Then uh, there's got to be a little bit more of an art to that. Well, there is. I think I it's the know. wet stuff I, on the red stuff. I gotta, okay. I gotta downplay it a little bit because I gotta work with these guys, <laughs> you know, because so, we gotta act like we're a little cooler, mm. even yeah. though we're not. Uh, but anyway, I did that for a few years, and then, then I decided I wanted to move up in the ranks a little bit. So took the promotional test, became a we call it an FAO in Lincoln, a fire apparatus operator. Okay. A big truck driver is what it is. Okay. We run the pump. Just shy of three years ago, I decided I wanted to become a captain, so took that test, and now I'm captain on a truck company. Started out as a captain on the busiest engine in town. Got got a little sick of not sleeping, so when that transfer was right. available, I jumped at it. I, I, don't, I love it. I don't blame you. Yeah, on these ladder trucks, we do like the technical rescue, the high angle rescue, the so that would be extrication stuff for car wrecks extrication, and things like that? Okay. Yep. Uh, we also do the ice rescue. In addition to that, I'm on the water rescue team. So that brings us into the dive. So what does it take to be on the dive team? First, got to be just open water certified, you know, like anybody that would go to the Bahamas and do that for fun. Yeah. That, that's your initial step. you got to at least have that. Uh, then uh, from there, they put you through what's called a surface water rescue. Basically, 
We all have floods here in the Midwest. Yep. Fast moving water. Uh, surface rescue guys. Their primary job: throw on your life jacket, take your throw rope, be able to throw it out there and try and catch them. Next up from there is uh, a dive rescue guy. Um, we call it rescue. It's more recovery, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but lots and lots and lots of training hours go into that. Being able to go dive these rock quarries, lakes, rivers, whatever. Right. What we do is we bring closure. We go down, we find them, we bring them up. Right. Yep. So, you, ever, you ever been down there looking for someone and say, oh, look, an iPhone? Actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one one time it was, it was, it was in the guy's pocket. One time, oh, yeah, okay. one time it was creepy. We were out there training just at a, a local lake in Lincoln, not expecting to find anything right. at all, and we found this like baby doll, and it was it was like initially oh. we got our hand on it. Oh, what is this? But ended up being a creepy little baby doll. But oh, leave it there for I, the next guy. Oh yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. The the next new guy's gonna dive right there. Let's <laughs> start right in this area. Yeah, just, just no, not over right here. Straight down. Right. So of all the different types of rescue, whether it be high angle or extrication, like you were saying, or, you know, snowy roadsides, or what's what's the one that intrigues you or emotionally gets to you the most or as far as the suspense factor? Not not talking about the people because I, I think you know, we can all agree it's probably kids in my opinion. Right. But. Um, you know, they've all, they're all little di- – it, it all depends on the people. Right. You know, I've been on extrications where they're really bad, but – the people on location are fine. It's it, the ones that get me are when, like, it's a teenage kid, and their parents respond to the scene, and they're waiting for us to do what we do. Yep. And you see the emotion from them, and you know yeah. that'll wear on. It's you a extra bit. pressure on you, absolutely. Right. Um, not even getting into the technical rescue things like pediatric codes. Like, we'll show up. Mom fell asleep with the baby, smothered it. They show up and they hand it to you. You know the outcome as soon as they hand it to you. Yep. But you're going to do what you can do yep. to try and give them some sort of hope, even yep. though. Just give it your best efforts all right. you can do. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, oh, couldn't imagine. You know, and, you know, good or bad, after 14 years, it it shouldn't get easier, but it does. Well, you got to do the job and right. deal with it and, you know. You know, it's, you You were a volunteer, right? Yeah, for a little bit, five, right. five years, I think. Right. You know, it. You, your job is a lot harder emotionally than my job. I go to Lincoln. That's an hour from here. Yeah. The people I show up on, I don't know. Every single person you showed up on, you knew. There, there was a few of so, them. So yeah. the emotional tie, it's a lot easier for me than it would have been for any volunteer because they're they're working on their friends and family. Yeah, I and mean, you, I mean, getting you're not not necessarily callous, but between your military background and your right thousands of calls you've been on, right. I'm sure you do get a little callous and right. crude humor, which is you have oh, yeah. to be. You got to like, laugh about it to make it. Oh yeah, able for to sure. Do it like, every day. Well, during the riots and everything else that was going on down there, we're pulling up and. Well, hold uh, on. What Link, Lincoln riots? Yeah, yeah. Back when the what riots were going on all I, around the country. Do you know about Lincoln riots, Frank? Was you know, it the George Floyd? Yeah, that, oh, that era. Yeah. The Black Lives Matter movement? Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they were going on and so, fights and everything else going on crazy. Was there a point where they, because I know in some of these right areas, they don't dispatch firemen. They say, we're not going in there. Did you guys have anything like that? Well, or? Um, you know what? We didn't. No, and we went in. If it was on fire, we were going in. Now, yep. We went in with some caution, and we made sure that police kind of said, okay, there's not, like, guns going off or anything, which... In Lincoln, it was very mild compared to some of the things we saw on the news. But have you tried to use your water cannons as riot control? I wish. They, <laughs> they frown on that. 
Uh, the other thing is, is our specific engine companies can't drive and shoot water at the same time. Ah, damn uh, it. I'd have to transfer back to an engine if we could. <laughs> that, that'd put them right. We're doing just drift right This truck only does rights now. Right. That's it. That's it. That's all we're doing. There's one in, but, in uh, 2020. We're waiting for the next one. Right. But no, uh, we, we show up and there's like a bunch of people fighting. There was this one time we get dispatched for a man down nature unknown. Okay whatever, we'll drive up and we'll see what's going on. There's like a hundred people in this McDonald's parking lot throwing down fighting. I'm about ready to say, let's pull off. And then, then I see the heads of three cops trying to do CPR on a guy. It's like, uh, okay, well, I know policy says we should probably drive away until it's clear, but we're going to go in so that they can right. do their job and we'll do that job. They were trying to take his Jordans off of his feet. And, While they are doing CPR? Oh, yeah. It was crazy. Oh, good grief. Craziness. You know, my new guys on the job, they're like, man, that was wild. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Well, when you compare it to getting shot at, I mean, it's kind of calm. Right, right. <laughs> Just walk in the park. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. We'll be fine. It's all fine. You've, you've been through all those calls. Uh, is there anything you would, I mean, I don't want to say a rescue call, but what do you got on your uh, on your fire department bucket list? Something you'd like to do? Well. I mean, do you want to go higher in the ranks? Uh, you want to start a big fire? <laughs> well, I, I've seen backdrafts. I've well, been, you know, been doing some backdraft I mean, stories. Firefighters are the biggest pyros. You've seen me light some fires out of the court. But uh, the only next step up in rank would be chief for me. You know, at this point, no. They're more of an administrative role. Oh, and, so they don't see any action. Well, I mean, well, they go out in the truck and they sit there and they do their thing. They've got their role. Yeah. Yes, boss, I know you have a role. Uh, but they don't get to do the fun stuff. And while I'm still physically right. able and stuff, I... I want to keep doing what I'm doing now. Someday down the road when my back and knees say, oh, you're done, Yep. maybe I'll do that. But that's that's not an ambition of mine. I've kind of peaked early, which is a little sad. This is, this is kind of as high as I want to be. An early climaxer, you say. <laughs> well, ask my wife. Anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> a peak and a climax are pretty much the same, aren't they? Right, right. You met his wife well, I mean, five years they're ago. They're synonyms, right? She yeah. was pregnant yeah, I don't before know what dessert that means. came. Yeah. Don't trick me with your word magic. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you would have asked me a month ago, I'd have said, you know, they always show on TV firefighters saving cats out of a tree. Yep. Well, I went 14 years and never saved a cat out of a tree until like a month ago. But thank God, you <laughs> take, take the bucket up or ladder. Or... Well, you know, it wasn't very high, so we just kind of reached Cut up. Cut the and tree down. And, Use know. the hose. There's a <laughs> <laughs> for, all, for all you people that are listening here and in. Where, where, what, what countries are we? Oh, yeah, Belgium. Yeah. Seven in Belgium, is that what you said? I think we're, yeah, we're there's 23 now, but yeah. we're actually in 14 countries, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for all you people listening out there, there's a thing that firefighters joke amongst themselves when we get called for a cat in a tree. It's like, have you ever seen a dead cat in a tree? <laughs> have, have you? Have you seen a dead cat in a tree? No. You? No. no. That's because they come down. Leave them alone, and <laughs> they will come down. They climbed up there, they can right. climb they, down. They will come down, leave them alone. Uh, my <laughs> wife has an inside cat that she insists he cannot go outside. One day I was leaving for work and I go up and I get some things at the north of our place and I come back by and she's out there in her underwear in her bathrobe <laughs> with this thing blowing the wind trying to get this cat out of the tree. I'm like, what are you doing? Carl's in the tree. He's going to die. Like, <laughs> For one, you're four feet off the ground. Right. <laughs> I said, get down here before you hurt yourself. And then we got Carl down. He was going to die. Well, I'm, I'm certain Carl was fine. He'll come down. <laughs> Carl will be fine. Yeah, yeah fat yeah. Carl will be fine. And Carl's a girl, by the way. Okay. I don't know why, why 
the girls, Brooks and Jess, named him Carl, yeah, but that's what he did. Their cat, name one of them more, yeah. right? Is he, a, is he a big cat? Oh, huge. Looks like that trash can. Oh, boy. Smells like it, too. The, How'd uh, it get up there? Well, she I, put him up there. I threw it. Before I left <laughs> get up there, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh, what what about uh, your personal life bucket list, Andy? We kind of crossed over your uh, your work bucket list. You got anything on the personal side? I mean, you guys going to have a few more kids and raise them uh, up in your golden years? or? Oh, you know, we're done having kids, I think, but, you know. You think long, you're sure? Well, I'm pretty sure. Are you, you fixed? Know, I got the tether. The tether's cut. So okay, we're, well, we're you, should, you should be done then. I should be done. Yeah. Well, I'm done anyway. I mean, right. she can make whatever decision. She'll have some explaining to do. Oh, man. Yeah. That looks okay. That guy looks really, really tough. Can't be mine. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, no, long term, you know, since we moved back home, we'd like to build a place that's our our own, built our own. Whether that's putting a big addition on the house that we ended up getting or yep. building a home out on the farm. You know, I just want to provide as much as I can for my kids. That's yeah. that's why we moved out here. More opportunities for everything once you get away from the city. Well, I'm glad you experienced both lives because I know, yeah. you know, Frank and I grew up in this small town. And I completely understand people that don't have something going here. I stayed because I got my farm business that I enjoy doing and my family business. But uh, Frank's got his radio career and it's really working well for him. But I can understand if people don't have a job. No, there's not a lot to do in these right. small towns, but I you know, love the livelihood. Right. Like my daddy has a great business model going on. Absolutely. And I could have done that. He, I can tell you why I ended up doing what I'm doing, but we'll get to that. Uh, but, uh, you know. When I was living in Gretna for 12 years, people would pull in, they'd open their garage, they'd park and shut the door. It didn't feel like a community. I mean, I had my couple neighbors that I was close with, but it wasn't like a community. And for kids, you know, you want to be into a sport? Pick one. Which one do you want to specialize in? Yeah, it's year-round. Right, you know. I I wouldn't have been able to do anything in that town because I wouldn't have been good enough at any one thing to be in it. Yep. Come out here. You can participate in everything. You can do as much or as little as your heart desires. My daughter, she she does sports, I think, mostly because I like them. She loves, uh, like, doing the musical stuff. She yeah. loves music. She can do all of it. She can do sports and that. That's what I love about it out here. We can, yeah. You can do everything, and, and, you know, everybody, it's like one big family. A little bit more well-rounded. Right. I, I leave my kids uh, out at the playground, and you're there. I don't have anything to worry about. No, that, you know, they start thing. acting up, you're going to let me know. <laughs> you know? And vice versa. <laughs> yeah. You might, you know, egg them on a little bit, but you'll still let me know. Yeah, they're all jacked up on Mountain Dew when you get back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever had pixie sticks? <laughs> <laughs> you put me in your Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, that was one of the biggest drives to move back to Oakland, just to get back to reality a little bit. Like, yeah. When you're living in a brand new home in the middle of a gated community and you're the poor one. That's what your kids think. It's like, oh, I'll show you poor. <laughs> right. I'll show you poor. <laughs> right. Uh, but no, I hear a lot. I mean, you mentioned that uh, there's more opportunities out here, but we've we've talked with, uh, for example, the, the pilot, Mike, and he was saying living in, in Broken Arrow down in the Tulsa area, he's, his kids are afforded a lot more right. opportunities, but it's gonna it's it's, it's all you don't think about the the small town advantage like that right yeah i, I love living in a small town i mean I, I enjoy the some things to do in the big city and the, the resources it offers but uh, i still want to go home to a small city small town and i right. just brooklyn and i were talking about that on the way down here tonight she said why are these houses right on the highway we're coming right down the highway between carson oakland here and 
why is this house around the highway? Why don't they put it wide out in the middle of the field so not by anybody or by any roads? I'm like, you know what, Brooklyn, you're right. right? She's like, <laughs> she's, I can already tell her, I said, do you want to live in town or in the city? Oh, I live in the, in the, in the country, Dad, and all my cats and run around and run around outside in my swimsuit, and she loves it. Yeah, I mean, my wife and I were talking one day about where we want to build and whatnot. It's like, well, I've got like a little bit of criteria. I got to be able to pee outside and not get yelled at. Yep. And I want to be able to shoot my guns, and I want to be able to ride a four-wheeler. Why? Because that's what I like. So a trifecta, you can do all those at once. Right. Peeing <laughs> while you're shooting Just in your underwear, <laughs> riding your four-wheeler. Brett, America. Brett, <laughs> Mer- oh, it's blowing in my face. It's America. in my face. <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but doing a wheelie pissing on yourself uh, the american dream <laughs> gun in tow <laughs> oh that'd be uh, hilarious so you've got that uh that bucket list for building a home yeah, yeah. building a home getting somewhere out on the farm somewhere yeah uh do you got any more travel plans or you think you've seen enough country being in the military that you don't need to travel anymore or? you know i i i haven't seen enough of the pretty country that's that's what i want to see i want to right you know, I think do a few more trips with the family, go see a few beaches that I haven't seen. Someday, you know, my wife really wants to do this, and I want to do that with her. Uh, her father was in the service, and he was over in Germany. And when he was over there, he did this long bicycle tour of, like, Europe. Well, I'm I'm way too fat. Was he deployed when he did that? Like, he was forced to do it he chasing was, bad he, guys? He, no, no, he was stationed there. This was in, like... like he was pulling a cannon on his bike? <laughs> well, that'd be way cooler. He should have told me that. <laughs> right. Uh, but, no, uh, he was stationed in Germany. He was actually a, a military firefighter on a German base over there uh, during peacetime. But one of the things he did is he got a bicycle, and he rode this huge loop through Europe. And my wife would love to go over there, and it's like, well, well I want to go, but I want to take a car. Right, maybe right. a motorcycle, but uh, go go travel that route that he went, and you know that'd be cool. It's like Ragbri in Europe. Oh God, yeah. I I got half a boner thinking about right. riding my bicycle through See, Europe. You do your Ragbri. You really got to do the MR three forty, like my my dad and Mitch and I did it a couple times. The kayak race. Yeah. Oh yeah, get Fuck into that. that. Oh man. To explain. Go on, Johnny. So, the world's longest nonstop kayak race. Starts in Kansas City, ends in St. Charles, which is essentially St. Louis. Yep. 340 miles of Missouri River in the middle of the summer. Basically, you're allowed to go as hard or as little as you want. Is it brought to you by Off Bug Spray? Uh, it should but be. But it is a race. <laughs> it is a race. My dad and his good buddy Mitch Anderson. The legend. The legend. Holy he is shit, a beast. I don't think. Rag Brian uh, the day. Yeah, he's crazy. Not really, but goddamn. <laughs> he, he could. He could. He could if he wanted I mean, to. He's just a beast. But anyway, they were they were reading some magazine and they were like, "Oh, this like three people died on this. Well, we got to do that, right. you know, <laughs> because that makes sense." Well, three that, people that's... died eating a giant cheeseburger at the back forty. <laughs> right. I'll try that. Right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so they they did this and they did it for like ten years or something crazy like that. He's been Mitch has been doing it. He's for, still doing it, right? He's still doing. Oh, really? That, I think that crazy I old him last summer. That crazy old man does it on a stand up paddleboard that he made himself. And gets like he gets like second place every year. Yeah, well, against I'm... professionals, like that's all they do in life. And this farmer from Oakland, Iowa, just kicks their ass. It's awesome. <laughs> well, it's awesome. If, if I remember right, when he really was going hard one time, 
Now, correct me if my stats are all off. Well, tell me, he won one time, didn't he? He might have won once. Well, I was told he won, and then he beat the next guy behind him by like six hours. Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, that's just nuts. I yeah, mean, I mean, six hours in a race to beat somebody. I don't care how big yeah, the mean, race is. It's not the cannonball run. Right. They get they got like different classes. <laughs> they got like stand-up paddleboard, which is insane. They've got solo kayak, which you do it by yourself. They've got tandem kayak, and then they've got like three-man teams. They have so, like pontoon that Frank and I could do. They yeah, airboat. Well, that I guess that technically would be a team. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't put the motor on it. But I mean, the time I did it, I did it with my dad and uh, and uh, another guy from Oakland, uh, Cole Clement, and then me. Did Yeti go with you one time? Uh, he didn't go with me. He went with uh, Corey Hackett. Okay. Actually, I okay. think. Just paddling the whole three forty. Well, well it all depends on how hard Corey you want to be. I mean, there's people that do it in. $100 canoes from Walmart, and it takes them five, six days. Right. Well, if you want to be competitive or if you just are anywhere near Mitch Anderson, you're going to win. Right. So, so I mean, the goal is under 50 hours, 340 miles in under 50 hours. It's so You does, don't stop. Does Mitch sleep? He doesn't sleep at all. No. He's, no. I mean. It's Missouri River. There's like, going to be plenty of meth stops. Well, there yeah. should be. Yeah. But but you got to get out to get it. So no. Uh, but like <laughs> so no sitting down, so, just standing up. You know, like when time. I did it, like I got out of the boat once for twenty minutes. That was it, the whole time. Had to go number two, didn't you? Well, no, no. I just really, really had to straighten my legs. You, you number two in the boat? No, I went the whole time and didn't have to number two. When you're oh. paddling, you're that dehydrated. You don't have to go number ah, two. I see. Can you take I did, beer? You could. It wouldn't be very effective. That'd be like. In the guys that are just trying to do it for fun in like yeah. five or six days. But like you're required to have a ground crew. So somebody that goes along the edge and at different checkpoints they calls you in you to make to. sure you're not dead, you know. They got they got sick of it when people were dying, so they mandatory made people Mitch was flying go back. along with. <laughs> <laughs> right. So one year my dad and Mitch were going along and they were they were in I think second place. And third place was hours and hours behind them. Well I'm a I'm a dick. So I told him that second place was just around the, or third place was just around the bend. So I chucked him a, a cheeseburger from the Boy Scout stand and a bottle of water and said, get going. And then they finish and they're like 10 hours ahead of these guys in third place. They're like, I thought he was right behind. Oh, you must have lost him. Good job. You really picked up steam there that last section. <laughs> right? You know, but yeah, I mean, the guys that do well, like Mitch, they just don't stop. They're insane. So how fast is the current going if you don't paddle? Well, up here by us. It's about, I think, six or seven miles an hour, maybe. Okay. Uh, but down down there, it's not channelized, and it curves a lot more, so it's a little slower. How many knots is that? I don't know water math. I think I would. I'm a firefighter. <laughs> right. guy. No, I don't know. You can tell me gallons per minute, but not, not no, a lot. A lot. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you're in the... If you're in the channel, it's pretty fast, but it's hard to stay in the channel. Was there much boat traffic to avoid? Do you ever have trouble with that at night? Oh, I mean, man. Dr- drunk boaters on the river? Well, they shut down the barges at night during the race. Right. You know, because, you know, dying and whatnot. But during the day, especially when you get down by, like, St. Charles and Jefferson City and whatnot, there's big barges, and they'll throw your boat over. I remember one time <laughs> I was paddling down, and all of a sudden— I don't know where it comes. He's like three Asian carp that got kicked up by this barge, almost get me in the face. My dad's like, you good? Yeah. All right. Keep going. We don't want to tip over. <laughs> My dad's half insane too, by the way. He likes an adventure. Oh, man. Insane. Anything else, Brad? Well, no, I, you've had a lot of great stories and I really appreciate them. What, what else you got for us? You want to make sure America gets to know about there, about John Reed. 
I don't know. I'm an open book. Well, man, I sure appreciate your time with us. I guess if you yeah. don't have any more stories to... We don't know we'll what quit, chapter to turn it to. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll quit wasting your time, but it's really been some good stuff. We appreciate your service, and thanks for keeping Lincoln safe and all the sorority girls out there. They're glad you come every week to... I hit the air horn for them, so, you know, that, <laughs> that gets them going. Right, right. Yep. But, no, we, we appreciate you coming down, and uh, thanks for coming, John. Yeah, yeah appreciate sounds it. Sounds good. All right, this has been One More and We All Go. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. New episodes every Sunday. Thanks, John. Thank you, sir. Love it.